800-826-2266. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Boy, this weather just will not straighten out. We've got more weather alerts in effect on a Thursday morning. How are you doing, everybody? Five minutes after five o'clock, it is the seventh day of February, and we've got winter weather advisories basically in effect all day today. Freezing drizzle that could be moving in. Plus snow. Accumulations of four to six inches are possible. Tenth of an inch of ice is also possible. And the winds are going to kick up as high as 40 miles an hour today. So like I said, it is not going to be a very pleasant Thursday for a lot of folks around the state of Wisconsin. Daytime highs under uh, partly cloudy skies. 33 at best. Overnight lows down to 3 above tomorrow. Another bitterly cold day. 9 above our daytime high. Overnight lows on Friday. Minus 7. We'll let Stumach tell you the rest about that weather forecast. He's joining us in about 15 minutes. Brad Kramer, a soybean grower from Pittsville and past president of the Wisconsin Soybean Associations out in Washington, D.C. Caught up with him yesterday afternoon to find out what they're discussing of importance to Wisconsin agriculture. And Bryce Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine joins us live via Skype before 6 to get you lined up for tomorrow's World Ag Supply Demand Report. It is our 50th state and breathtaking. I'm Pam Yonke inviting you to join me on our Alaska adventure August 20th through September 1st. Alaska Agriculture and the Inside Passage Cruise. We'll take in the communities of Juneau, Anchorage, and Fairbanks. We'll visit some of the state's most beautiful locations like Denali National Park. We'll ride the White Pass and Yukon Route train. We'll visit Prince William Sound. And when you travel with me, remember, all airfare and accommodations are included. Plus, on our agriculture tours, you're getting a chance to attend the Alaska State Fair. You'll visit the Matanuska Valley Agriculture Center and get up close with a real muskox. Find details today at fabulousfarmbabe.net, right there on the homepage. Or better yet, pick up the phone and call Holiday Vacations, voted best in Alaska, toll-free, 800 826-2266. That's 800-826-2266. Farmers are not just busy taking care of their own operations, their own livestock. They're also trying to handle responsibilities on organization boards. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison last week during the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. Several of our commodity groups uh, had their election had their board meetings. Doug Rebout from Janesville re-elected as president of the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association. But that's not the only thing happening with that association, Bob. Everything from policy to consumer education they're trying to take into account for 2019. And that's right, Pam. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And if you, as a contributor to the various organizations that are important to your farming operation, want to find out really and truly what is going on with that organization, be at those meetings and participate. Our Scott Schultz had a chance to talk to Nicole Wagner, executive director of the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board and manager of the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association. Of course, Corn Soy Pork Expo is a busy time for an organization like that. And uh, Scott talked to Nicole about uh, what's been going on in the three years that she's been with the group and uh, what's new with those organizations as far as their membership is concerned and the projects they're working on. Yep, we've made a lot of changes in those three years just to update bylaws and things like that. And then we've also created some new workshops and doing more events in the state. You know, one of the things that I noticed during the annual, during your annual meetings right here was that uh, membership took a little bit of a jump at the end of the year. How, 
What, what are you doing to draw new members? We continue to push that we are those that are representing you in Madison and in Washington, D.C. to help protect the way you farm. Um, that continues to be our priority for the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association. Uh, we're the lobbying arm of the organization. Uh, so we continue to pitch that. We also you get can renew your membership online when you register for corn soy. So we saw a big jump of membership renewals and new members when they registered for corn soy. It's $60 for a one-year membership or $150 for a three-year membership. With a three-year membership, you also get your $100 seed corn coupon. And the numbers of members you have? Right now, we are at 802. So that's the highest we've been in the last year or so. Do you know offhand how many corn growers uh, there are in Wisconsin? That's a really good question, and it's a hard one to answer because if you look at a list that you can get from FSA of soybean growers, you know that they're feeding that. Um, we only get a assessment on corn for grain, and we don't get an accurate list of those growers from FSA. It has silage mixed in with it, so it's a little hard to say. Always. Now, what you mentioned uh, uh, standing in and talking for the members and representing the members in Washington and in the State House. What kind of things do, are you looking at as far as your resolutions this year and what are what are the priorities um, our priorities are this year are trade agreements promoting trade we work closely with u.s grains council to help develop new markets and bring trade teams over to wisconsin and show off our excellent agricultural industry um, groundwater quality is going to be a priority for us this year responsible nutrient management we also you know have an emphasis on transportation and making sure that rural roads are taken care of um, it's not just Southeast Wisconsin that needs some updates. Um, we also are going to be working with renewable fuels, continuing that. We are also going to lead the charge on trying to remove atrazine prohibition areas. Um, we've had those for a while, and we are going to work with the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection to try and pull some of those areas out of prohibition. Do you know offhand how many prohibition areas there are right now? Um, I know there's a lot in Dane County, but I don't know the exact number of how many there are. All right, but uh, you're going to work on pulling those out that uh, have been uh, placed in those prohibition areas. Correct. And the promotion side, what's been going on with that? How do you get people to use your products? We continue, uh, we partner with organizations, NCGA, um, the National Corn Growers Association has several programs to help promote corn products. They just um, release the information for their second corn challenge where they are challenging companies to come up with new uses for corn uh, they had that last year and this is going to be the second year of that so that's always interesting um, because if we can find another way to use that corn kernel it's always going to benefit the growers and then u.s grains council we work with them to develop new markets uh, we've had growers travel all over the world um, to show off their farms and explain to feed buyers in morocco or taiwan or korea why they should buy u.s corn what are some of the good things about U.S. corn? Why should they buy it? Other than, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, the price is right. <laughs> we have the highest quality corn for them. It's the best feed for them. It's clean. It's a safe food supply for their animals. Do you guys do uh, any human consumption side uh, promotions? We don't. That would be the sweet corn, and so that lands you under the Potato and Vegetable Growers Association. All right, fair enough. And where do you see things headed? Uh, you mentioned some of the um, trade agreement issues. On top of that is uh, the USMCA, I'm assuming, that mm -hmm. uh, we need to uh, get that ratified. Is that an issue? 
that is one of our priorities. We will actually be traveling out to Washington, D.C. in March and meeting with all of our elected officials out there. And that will be a priority that we are going to push with them, that they need to get it ratified and they need to get it done. We have a lot of corn and we can get it down to Mexico and into Canada. It, uh, it would be great. And I'm assuming that uh, we need to hang on to those markets because there are other corn growers around the world. There are. And once you lose out on a market, it's really hard to get it back and build that relationship again. And what are the what what are you hearing? Are you hearing anything about how things look ratification wise? Are there positive vibes coming at you? Um, our office in D.C. has told has kept us up to date, and it seems positive. But you have to wait for certain triggers to happen. Trump has to do certain things and announce certain things, and then you have a certain ninety day period to approve things. So it still looks positive. It's just we have to get the triggers <laughs> going. All right. A couple of more resolutions that you touched on. Uh, one is groundwater protection and groundwater management, we should maybe say, because it's the feeling among uh, growers that we do a pretty good job of protecting the groundwater. Yes, we're going to be working with groundwater. We're still waiting to see what comes out of some of the southwest Wisconsin um, Issues that have come to light in the last few weeks regarding some well testing that was done there. Uh, there should be some additional studies done, um, but we're going to work with them. We want to make sure that the public understands farmers are drinking the same water. They're not going to put something on the ground that's going to get in the water if they wouldn't drink it themselves. And related to that is responsible nutrient management. Right. We believe that there should be responsible nutrient management, um, and we hope that to get some help for farmers to write those plans. Maybe they can't write it themselves, but maybe there's some funding available at the state level that can help them write that plan. It shouldn't just be CAFOs. Um, everyone should have an understanding of their nutrient management program. Tell farmers why they should be members of your organization. There's strength in numbers. If we can go to Washington, D.C. and say we represent 2,000 Wisconsin corn growers, that carries a lot more weight than if we say, oh, we only have 800 members. Um, we have other organizations. We're fighting for time when we're out there, and they're going to give priority to larger organizations. And the only way we're going to get some things done is strength in numbers and people who want to go out there and reach out to their legislators. And you're getting good uh, feelings with the new board and uh, new board members coming in that we're going to be pushing for that stuff. Yeah, we have a great board. Um, the promotion board is really great, and the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association board is its a great group of people. Everybody's excited, and they're energized, and they want to they wanna work with us. They want to work with the legislators in Madison. They want to make sure that they're making educated decisions, and it's not just what they've heard from their next-door neighbor, or they just think farmers are bad. <laughs> All right. That's Nicole Wagner, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Corn Promotions Board and Wisconsin Corn Growers Association. During the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association's annual meeting, James Giese of Alma Center and Steve Knable of Johnson Creek were elected to serve their first three-year terms as directors of the organization. They will be replacing Crystal Romanowski, of Stanley and Steve Dewey of Johnson Creek, who both completed their maximum turn limits. Affiliate Director Andrew Grebner, a seed advisor for BASF, was elected to his final two-year term to the board. And Zeb Seals, an incumbent, was re-elected to serve his third term on the board of directors. And during its annual meeting, 
The Wisconsin Corn Program announced the founding of its new sister organization, the Wisconsin Corn Foundation Incorporated. The new foundation has been established with the goal of providing scholarships for funding for students to attend educational events such as the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo and Commodity Classic. The inaugural board of directors for that organization include Mark Hoffman, president, Casey Kelleher, vice president, Ryan Ripp, secretary-treasurer, Mike Berger, Jim Birchman, Luke Gosling, Bill Roloff, Randy Woodruff, and ex-officio members Andy Grebner and Joel Lauer. From the northern end of the world's longest barn, I'm Scott Schultz. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Because farm is in our name, you know that we care about everything farm-related, including bees. Blaine's Farm and Fleet has everything for the bee enthusiast, including the bees themselves. Get started with a 10-frame beginner hive kit from Little Giant. Includes everything the new beekeeper needs. Gloves, veil, smoker, bee brush, hive tool, and frame feeder. Just $199.99. Keep bees healthy by keeping mites away with the Little Giant Mite Away Quick Strips. On sale, $14.99. And remember to place your bee order by February 28th at your local farm and fleet store. Press for time? Use our drive-thru service and leave the heavy lifting to us. Just drive up, place your order, and we'll have you loaded up and on your way in no time. Also at Blaine's Farm and Fleet this week, check out this great doorbuster deal. O'Keefe's Working Hands or Healthy Feet Cream, your choice, just 5 bucks. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. The original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. She's like your older sister, but louder. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 on a Thursday morning and time to catch up with Stu Mucker, ag meteorologist and weather. I think this storm or whatever you're calling it is coming in a little quicker than I might have thought. I uh, saw there were very few school closings when I got in the office this morning a couple hours back. But boy, they're starting to rack up now. What is coming our way, my friend? It is going to be a mixture, Pam, and for most of us, we have the winter storm warning in effect. It's in effect till 6 p.m. for Madison, Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, in effect until midnight for uh, 
lacrosse in Boston. There's a mix of some rain and snow just crossing the Illinois border into southern Wisconsin this morning on its way east and northeast, should mention, along with those winter storm warnings. In the areas, I mean, not far away, we're talking Vernon, Richland, Crawford County. It's a winter weather advisory, and that's down around uh, Rock, Jefferson, Walworth County as well, that winter weather advisory. But we do expect low pressure to build up from Missouri, heading right up into Illinois today, and then over toward Indiana, lower Michigan by later tonight. It's going to mean a mix of precipitation in the south and east, some snow at Lacrosse and Boston. In fact, Lacrosse and Boston stand the chance that we could find our way up toward that three or maybe even six inch range for snowfall. For the rest of us, a little crusty snow mixed in with some freezing rain, rain, sleet, maybe a tenth of an inch of ice or two building up. So a slippery, cautious travel day absolutely in store. The winds kick up here tonight. The colder air builds in. That low pressure system pulls a cold front through and those temperatures drop back to zero and below already tonight. Staying a lot colder for Friday, but we'll dry it out. There'll be more sunshine as we start the weekend and it starts to moderate slowly. But even then, as those temperatures warm up into the day Sunday, uh, we start to see a little snow chance, light activity at that point, but it could linger just into Sunday night. I'll have forecast details right after this. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming in this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. Learn more at Compeer.com. Trademarks of Compeer Financial and Equal Credit Opportunity Lender. I'm Jonathan Gibbs. I'm a fourth-generation farmer. What I would want someone to know about farming, we're not out in a bib overhauls with our pitchfork. We're normal people with the same challenges our non-farming friends and neighbors share. I mean, it's our passion. We've been given the opportunity to pursue our passion day in and day out. This motivates me to get out of bed. Watch Jonathan's story at badgerbean.com. All right, buddy, give me some more of these details. Uh, you know, the crusty snow does not impress me for today. Oh, no, and I gave myself a mental note. I was supposed to pick up salt yesterday. I got to <laughs> do that today. You better. Uh, we're going to need it. Cloudy skies, rain, freezing rain, sleet, snow at Lacrosse and Boston more likely today, but there'll be that little mix of precipitation in there as well. Temps today in the upper 20s and low 30s. Madison, a warm spot at 33. North and northwest winds at 5 to 15. Cloudy skies, some snow should end in the night. Of course, the winter storm warnings until 6 p.m. until midnight then at Lacrosse and Boston. Again, lacrosse in Boston could be in the three to six inch range for snow. The rest of us, a tenth of an inch or two of icy buildup and crusty snow with it. Overnight, down to zero, below zero. A lot of places, west winds, five to 15 and gusty. Mostly sunny Friday, single digits. The warm spot, six above, still gusty. West winds, 10 to 20 at 30. And in the teens on Saturday with some sun, Pam, and even in the 20s Sunday and maybe just a little light snow wrapping up the weekend. So this snow rain stuff, is it going to come all day, Stu? Or what are we thinking? Because Buck's trying well, to get home from D.C. tonight. Uh, going to be questionable if they're going to clean that ice up to get planes in. I mean, the stuff's building in. There'll be a little break, but there's another wave in Missouri heading our way. So it's going to come and go. All right. Catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. See ya.
Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist with Weather Details. And let me tell you, right now in La Crosse, you're starting off with uh, cloudy skies, 27 degrees. Mauston, cloudy and 23. Madison at the airport, currently cloudy and 25. Fond du Lac, you've got clouds. You're at 23. Oshkosh, you're the cool spot this morning. Cloudy skies and sitting at 21 degrees as we're seeing more and more schools add on to that uh, cancellation list. Bryce Knorr joining us live via Skype after 530. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Whether you are going on a short vacation or consider yourself a snowbird, it is important to prep your home before you leave. Madison Area Crime Stoppers and the Madison Police Department Crime Prevention Unit have 10 safety tips for you. Number one, make sure all of your exterior doors and windows are locked and then double check them all. Number two, make sure someone will shovel your sidewalk. Number three, have someone you trust check on your house every day or every other day. Number four, leave a contact number with a neighbor in case of an emergency. Tip number five, stop your mail and newspapers. Number six, make sure you have lights set on automatic timers and install exterior motion lights if you don't have them. Number seven, encourage a neighbor with more than one vehicle to park their vehicle in your driveway or garage. Number eight, don't mention that you're away on social media sites. Not only does it tell thieves you're away, but it's free information for scammers. Tip number nine, make an inventory list with photos of all your valuables. And tip number 10, make sure to sign up for Madison Police Department's vacation watch service. You can visit at madisonpolice.com for more information. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Hi, Mark Ganser here. Ganser has the answer. Trusted in the Madison area for over eight decades, let us show you why. We only carry Infinity fiberglass windows from Marvin, windows that can endure our Wisconsin weather, not vinyl. Mark, you mean the plastic windows with the wood grain stickers? Yes, Stacy. vinyl windows will jam, warp, crack, and fade over time. Ganser Company offers free in-home estimates. Ask about our financing options today. Visit our website at gansercompany.com or stop by the showroom off the Beltline near Tad Drive. Are you looking to remodel your bathroom? Don't want it to go on forever? If you hate cleaning your shower or bath, look no further than Bath Planet from Ganser. The only bath system backed by the good housekeeping seal of approval. Baths redone in only a few days. Schedule your free in-home consultation now or step into a beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Let our designers design the bath of your dreams. Answer, that's the answer. I-39 Supply, your weekend warrior warehouse. I-39 Supply's word of the day, Juno. Them boys have the lowest prices, don't you know? Trailers, attachments, boilers, and more. Five miles south of Portage, I-39Supply.com. How I look and how I feel now, I definitely have the confidence that I had before I had children with 
what I wear, swimsuits. I can be on the beach in a two-piece and not have to worry about flabby skin everywhere and just, you know, looking ridiculous in a bikini. Experience does matter, especially when it comes to surgical body recontouring. Dr. Thomas Bartel focuses his practice exclusively on below-the-neckline cosmetic surgery procedures. It's all he does. I think I look amazing for having two children, and though, I mean, it, it was some work done, but I don't regret any of it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would definitely recommend Dr. Bartel. Call Dr. Thomas Bartel to schedule a free consultation. And to see actual before and after results, go to his website, drbartel.com. I couldn't be more happier that I have a teenage stomach again. <laughs> you count on the serenity, the peace and quiet when you have the house all to yourself. Then the contentment is interrupted by the sound of bloop, bloop. You never hear it when everyone else is home. But the solitude of just you and you alone has your kitchen faucet wanting to carry on a serious blooping conversation. It's something Benjamin Plumbing service techs fix all the time. The majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Bloop, blooping, leaky faucet. Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one-of-a-kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers, a couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. An interesting conversation, someone talking about Kaminsky, um, his freshman and sophomore year, then his emergence, you know, junior and senior year. Is that, is, could that be, you know, Reavers taking Reavers the same kind pl- of path? Reavers has had a, a much, much bigger impact than... Kaminsky did. Yeah, Kaminsky. As a freshman, you don't even knew who he was. He played. Well, t- my dad would be like, "Who is this bum? Get him off the court." That he, was Kaminsky. Was on. He had the goggles on. Like yeah. that was what he was known for as right. a sophomore. I mean, he had a. He actually had a, an okay game. Then he got poked in the eye against uh, Indiana. He was having a good game against uh, I think Indiana when they were number two in the country, and Wisconsin pulled the upset there. But Kim, Frank Kaminsky was not Frank Kaminsky by any stretch when he was a freshman no. and sophomore. So I think Nate Reavers is further ahead. Now Kaminsky took a ginormous. <laughs> jump from his sophomore to his junior year and then even from his junior year to his senior year. I don't know if Nate has that in him. He's not necessarily the guy that can put the ball on the floor as well as, as Frank did, but they've got similar game sets. I've seen them I've seen uh Nate and I've and talking to our former Badgers on the Wisconsin round uh, Wisconsin basketball roundtable, which will be uh which is every Friday, Gosser and Mike Bruzowitz, who both played with John Lohr, said that's who he reminds them of. More so than Kaminsky. Uh, visiting with our sports director, Zach Halper, and the other news of the day when it comes to Wisconsin, uh, this used to be a, a huge day as far as college football because this was the national signing day with the early <laughs> signing period, Zach. It's it's barely a, a whisper anymore. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of big names still floating out there. There may be a, a name or two that you know Wisconsin has. But, I mean, by and large, they're, they're mm-hmm. basically done, and they've been done for a while. I mean, my God, my guy Mertz already helping me win that money enrolling in school. <laughs> Um, but you know, now that it's the finality is here and you see the, the rivals saying it's the highest, you know, uh, recruiting class of all time. And you see two, four, seven sports saying it's the highest recruiting class of all time. I mean, now that it's officially done, uh, what's your takeaway special. 
and especially because of the guy that you mentioned. Uh, if he ends up being as good as everyone thinks he can be and this is ever, everyone hoping he can be, it, it'll go down as the best recruiting class of all time because it's, you gave him the quarterback. You gave him, you gave Wisconsin the quarterback that they've been wishing for and wanting for outside of the Russell Wilson and Scott Tolzien years that they've desperately needed uh, the last 25 years to be that next to take that next step and be that that uh, that great team that everyone wants them to be and be a national championship contender. I mean, if, do you think they beat Ohio State in twenty? Say say he turns out to be the greatest thing ever, right? They, are it's they the better be- than Stop? Are they a better all time winning us? Are they a better team than Ohio State in twenty? Do they beat Ohio State in twenty seventeen going in the playoff? Oh man, uh, I mean, it, they were forty three yards away yeah. from it, and as, I mean, they were terrible in the first half. I mean, no if, they're, if, if they're not down, what two scores at halftime? You'd have to think so, right? So, I mean, I again, that, maybe that's a little bit of fantasy land, and we can't go back and and do, and do that. That well, was we can. that you know, you put all those guys together, but I think it's, it's got a chance to be special, and it's not just him. Logan Brown, Julius Davis, Spencer Lytle, go on down the line of some really high, really highly recruited kids that Wisconsin beat out other major, major programs for, you have to be excited about it. And I think uh, it has a chance to be really, really special. But again, once they get here, none of that ranking stuff matters. And so everyone's on on level ground. Speaking of ranking stuff, just to throw a little more hatred their way, uh, and I don't know why this many good players are still out there, but I'm looking at the scrolling list of guys who have signed today. Alabama has signed four top 100 recruits today. I don't know why there are four guys still out there, but of course Alabama's gotten four today, including one that's the highest ranked one is the 10th highest rated player and Ohio State's got three today like they didn't get enough before they just <laughs> let you know what we've got this extra two months let's grab a few more dudes here while we got some time Ohio State uh let's see they lost the, some guys though too they lost like they in, this, did. in this two months process they lost a few guys they got so. an offensive guard today and let's see Ohio State got a, another guard so apparently the Buckeyes loading up on the offensive line yeah and I think uh, Alabama lost a, a four-star recruit to Florida um so again Four star, five star. I think a lot of all these guys are very, very good players, but they get these stars based on who the who the offers are for the most part, in my opinion. And maybe not so much anymore because we get to see these guys in these camps all over the country and that type of stuff. But it used to be like, oh, Alabama offer that guy four four star, five star. But I, but I think, um, look, Wisconsin's never going to recruit on that level. So I think people need to just chill. <laughs> <laughs> Chill in that respect, <laughs> yeah. but um, well, the more winning they th- do, the this more... class, this class right now, is as good as it gets for Wisconsin right now. Now, if they go ahead and take the next step, make the college football playoff, then it's the next one. Then it's the next one. And then, then another then, one. Then, then you potentially. Then all of a sudden, we the best. Right. Yeah. I uh, before I let you go, I used uh, you know I, I followed Vegas uh, because one. I would have thought Minnesota would be a couple two three point favorite tonight. The Badgers are actually the favored team. Which tells me Vegas is begging people to take Minnesota because <laughs> Vegas really thinks Wisconsin's going to win because this happens all the time when you see bets like this. So, This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. 535 now on a Thursday morning. Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com is going to swing back around with us. He's been traveling this week. Tomorrow's the big day for the World Ag Supply Demand Report. So I'm glad he's going to be along with us to preview what he's hearing in the marketplace. That's coming up. So, on this date, back in 1992, the European Union was established. The Maastricht Treaty. That was what got signed, and it also put together the single European currency we know as the Euro. 1992, that's not that long ago, and they're still not sure if they're going to be able to keep it together. And speaking of Maastricht, that's one of the locations that we'll be visiting on our Holland Farm Tour coming up in April. I'm PM Yankee. Now... 
From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So we do have to keep an eye on what's happening in Washington, D.C. It's not all about the trade discussion between the United States and China. Brad Kramer is a soybean grower and a dairy farmer from Pittsville. He was in Washington, D.C. yesterday with other soybean growers talking about biodiesel. He said sometimes when he talks with farmers, they fail to realize how important blenders tax credits are, not just to processors, but to farmers' bottom line. Well, this week we're, we're looking to get the tax uh, incentive, uh, uh, the blenders credit tax incentive, uh, reinstated. That was pulled back in 2017. Uh, it's been off and off for two years. We're looking. Uh, we have we have a champion uh, in the in the Senate and, and Senator Chuck Grassley, who is the chairman of the Finance Committee, which is a very key position for us. Uh, he's a champion of biodiesel. He's a champion of agriculture. And he wants to see this get out to a seven-year um, tax credit extended of seven years. Um, typically, it's been year to year, and like I say, the last two years that has not been uh, in, uh, that has not been in. Uh, in source. That and people ask, what does that mean to the, the soybean grower? Um, how does that impact my farm, Brad? Uh, well, first of all, 52 to 54 percent of biodiesel is directly from the soy industry, from the soybean itself. Um, and when you look at the value of how does it affect a farmer's mailbox price, uh, MVB and that that tax that tax credit, that blender's tax credit, accounts for 65 cents a bushel in our pockets. So right now. Uh, that, that 65 cents for the last two years has not been in our pocket. That that is gone, and that that is certainly affecting our mailbox price. And I don't know about you, but I'd sure like to have an extra 65 cents a bushel on my beans right now. Uh, for a lot of us, that is probably the the margin that uh, we can maybe have on, on our acres. And right now, as you know, every penny counts. Uh, everybody in survival mode, and uh, that that's why we're out here. We're we're very uh, organized. We're very loud on this. We. Uh, we also feel that right now, with the current uh, appropriations budget, the, the spending that they're trying to uh, keep the government going before February 15th, we feel that this is really the only opportunity we have, the only vehicle we have, if you will, to to get this done. It's very unlikely for the House or the Senate to keep a thumbs up or down vote on on one particular issue. So we're very much hoping that uh, this tax extended credits with the support of Senator, Senator Chuck Grassley being our champion. We hope we can get on this, this new uh, spending bill, not only to keep the government open, but to uh, you know be, enhance our opportunity as growers and really move the needle for our pricing um, back to our, our local growers. The other thing, Brad, that tax incentive, we haven't seen a whole lot of investment in biodiesel manufacturing facilities either. It was hot and then it was not. Our, can you give us an update on uh, is there potential pending projects out there for biodiesel production? Absolutely. I'm actually with all the, the the heavy hitters today in the biodiesel industry. We just came out of a uh, representative meeting from Illinois, uh, and, and I talked to I was with the CEOs and and Mark and uh, uh, government affairs people for companies like ADM and 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 other other biodiesel giants that uh, are, are basically sitting on the on their hands saying, look, our board isn't willing to invest with uncertainty. Our board is not willing to invest capital and, and, and put things out there with this uncertainty that's over our heads. Uh, they are... They are basically chomping at the bit to expand and to keep going, and uh, uh, so this this is a critical point in, in their strategic planning, not only in their in in-house business but into their investors, into the boardrooms of what the direction is going to be. 
little tough to hear, but that's our man Brad Kramer, past president of the Wisconsin Soybean Association, current treasurer of the American Soybean Association. He's in Washington, D.C. Third trip, as a matter of fact, that Brad's made to Washington, D.C. Uh, since the beginning of the new calendar year, uh, trying to keep people in touch with what's happening in farm country, and more specifically this time around, trying to help them understand how important that diesel blenders tax credit is for biodiesel. 65 cents out of every bushel of soybeans you've sold missing because that tax credit's been taken away. Doesn't just help farmers, it could help processors as well. So we'll keep touching base with Brad and find out what movement they're getting in Washington, D.C. Coming up on 541, Wisconsin has a brand new leader when it comes to honey. The American Honey Queen from Wisconsin for the first time since 2016. I'll tell you about her next. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Bryce Knorr back with us in just a few moments. Tomorrow's a big World Ag Supply Demand Report, but in lieu of that report, there's not much news the trade seems to be talking about. We'll see what Bryce has to say about that in just a couple minutes. Overnight, December corn's down a quarter of a cent at 402 and three quarters. November beans currently trading down a penny and a half at 961 and a half. The July new crop wheat down two and three quarters cents right now at 529 and a half. No change on barrel or block cheese prices yesterday. Double A butter gained three quarters of a cent to 228 and a half per pound. March milk's unchanged right now sitting at 1436 100 weight. April's unchanged at 1463. Yes, you still have to get out to August before we see any fluid milk contracts that break that $16 plateau as far as marketing opportunities for our dairy producers. Boy, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, Wall Street Journal had a story on farm bankruptcies, and it included numbers from Wisconsin. They crunched some of the federal data, and it shows that the three regions that have major farm states saw bankruptcies rise to the highest level in the last 10 years. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, which includes Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, had doubled the bankruptcies last year compared with 2008. The Eighth Circuit Court which uh, includes North Dakota all the way down to Arkansas, and that includes Minnesota. Their bankruptcies swelled 96%. And the 10th Circuit Court, which has Kansas and some other Midwest states, they had 59% more bankruptcies last year than a decade earlier. Now, remember, 
a decade ago, 2008, we were having a, a super time in production agriculture. Uh, we didn't see any limits as far as price was concerned. So there are pretty stark contrasts as far as economic times from 2008 to 2018. But the numbers, they do not lie. Hey, Wisconsin, we've got royalty in our midst. Congratulations to Hannah Sostrom from Maiden Rock up in Pierce County. She's our Wisconsin honey queen, and now she's been selected as the 2019 American Honey Queen. She's a third-generation beekeeper herself, currently a junior at UW-Eau Claire, studying to be a nurse. She is going to be traveling now across the countryside, talking about beekeeping, helping consumers understand uh, what's going on in the industry. You know, beekeeping in general has been on the upswing as far as uh, backyard gardeners are concerned, uh, hobbyists. She is the first Wisconsinite to be the American Honey Queen since 2016 when Kim Kester from Nakusa held that spot. Corn growers, you want to talk about genetics? Well, there is a graduate student on the UW-Madison campus that would like to listen. Her name is Kathleen McCluskey, and what she's asking is for corn growers in the upper Midwest to allow her to interview you on genetic diversity of U.S. corn. And for your time, which could take one to two hours, she'll give you a $100 stipend in exchange for your knowledge. If you're interested, you need to act pretty quickly, though, because uh, she's only accepting participants until February 17th. Kathleen McCluskey on the UW-Madison campus. You can email her, cmccluskey, M-C-C-L-U-S-K-E-Y, at wisc.edu. But remember, do it by February 17th. I'll see if I can't get some of that information up on social media for you as well. All right, what's going on in our marketing world this morning? Glad to have him back. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, going to give us an update in front of tomorrow's World Ag Supply Demand Report next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. If you'd rather be fishing, well, now's your chance. The Zone is inviting you to go walleye fishing with Ballard's Resort on Minnesota's Lake of the Woods. Our adventure begins Friday, June 28th to Tuesday, July 2nd. Check it out. Everything is included. Three days of guided walleye fishing. Round trip motor coach transportation from Madison. Four nights lodging. Meals. Your rods, reels, bait, and tackle. Fishing processing. And even your taxes. This adventure is only $825 per person if you sign up before March 15th. Space is limited. So call one 800 776 
$26.75. Or go to BallardsResort.com to hold your spot. Wow. This trip will sell out, so don't miss the boat. Oh, God. Hey, oh, my God. Get ready to experience big-time fishing with your friends in northern Minnesota with Ballard's Resort and The Zone. Filling your daily quota of cows and sows, it's the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.48 on a Thursday morning. Weather is definitely going to be on the minds of many around Wisconsin today. Tomorrow, it's all about the World Ag Supply Demand Report, isn't it? Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us live via Skype. Man, oh man, we can't get that report to the market fast enough. This has been like watching paint dry this week, Bryce. We haven't gotten any movement at all. Well, even the paint's dry and slow because it's so damp uh, out there for sure. And uh, that uh, will all change, I think. At 11 o'clock Central Time tomorrow, when USDA releases uh, not only its regular February report, but all that data that was supposed to come out on January 11th, but didn't due to the government shutdown. That includes the final size of the 2018 corn and soybean crops, December 1st grain stocks, and winter wheat seedings. So the charts have been trading in kind of narrowing ranges here which typically means uh, that uh, they're due to break out. Uh, Historically, that tends to happen after those January reports. Uh, Obviously, it didn't this year. Uh, So I think the market really waiting for a move, and we've seen that particularly in the options trade. Uh, The traders really appear to be piling into the March calls, expecting uh, perhaps bullish uh, information on corn, uh, leaning maybe the other way in uh, puts. We've seen a little bit more interest in puts here over the past few days for soybeans, uh, protecting the downside there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to know that 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 we're picking up some volume. Then, uh, what are the what are the most erratic numbers that you're kind of keeping an eye on, Bryce? Some uh, some seem less volatile than others. Well, I think uh, the size of the crops will will pretty much determine everything else. And uh, the big question is, for me, is just how many soybeans didn't get harvested and what those losses were. Uh, we have soybean production down about 95 million bushels, uh, corn production down about 200 million bushels based on the surveys that we did of growers. Uh, those would be a positive development for prices, but not enough to be a real game changer, especially for soybeans. Then we're talking about the size of the Brazilian crop uh, for soybeans, just how much that's been hurt by dry weather down there. And finally, uh, what USDA's guess, and I think it really is only a guess now, about uh, soybean exports, particularly demand from China, and where uh, those will wind up. Uh, So there are a lot of uh, variables in play here uh, that could, uh, again, uh, cause either bearish or bullish reactions. All right, so let's uh, talk a little bit about other news. You mentioned China. Uh, One uh, three million metric ton of soybeans supposedly purchased by China uh, last week. They're in their Lunar New Year this week. Not enough to catch the trade's attention, though. Yeah, we continue to get uh, reports of sales from USDA on almost a daily basis, and the, the totals are starting to add up. Uh, we're over uh, 250 million bushels of Chinese purchases, so that's good news. But uh, so far, not very many of those beans have been shipped out, and uh, we have uh, had somewhat of a vacuum uh, from China because uh, the country's pretty much closed for the Lunar New Year holidays all week. Uh, that ends uh, uh, Monday, so 
there's going to be a lot of things happening. And then uh, uh, two uh, top U.S. officials will be in China next week for more trade talks. Remember, we have a, a March uh, 1st deadline for presumably getting some sort of deal done there. And then uh, there's, of course, all the threat of another government shutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, particularly Nancy Pelosi says if they don't get a deal by Friday, they uh, don't have time to get it through Congress in time to avert an, uh, another closure uh, on February 15th. Mm, and that we'll talk about next week. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with ethanol. We had talked previously, Bryce, about how poor the margins have become in ethanol production. What are we doing as far as volume and production? Well, we saw a, a steep drop in production last week. In fact, we fell matched the uh, lowest uh, production levels uh, since October 2016. Uh, So uh, definitely not headed in the right direction there. Uh, Ethanol prices uh, remain fairly depressed, and that's uh, hurting those margins. The only bright spot in the ethanol industry right now appears to be exports. We got some data. Again, this is kind of moldy data uh, from back in November, but it indicated that uh, exports of U.S. ethanol in the first quarter of the 2018 corn marketing year uh, were already at uh, record levels. So uh, that's uh, good news, uh, but uh, we only export about uh, 10% of what we produce. So it's not enough to turn around the dynamics in the market yet. Interestingly enough, there was a story on Reuters this morning that says uh, some U.S. ethanol is actually making its way to China Mm. despite the tariffs because it's uh, being blended with gasoline in Malaysia, Mm. and that isn't subject to a tariff. So there is kind of a backdoor happening there, at least. Well, and we've known about that. So now, what are you going to keep an eye on? Obviously, Tuesday we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about. What are you going to be watching on the short-term, Bryce, before 11 tomorrow morning? Well, we get export sales data out this morning. Again, this is going to be moldy data from the end of the year, but it's all we have at this point. And uh, so that uh, could influence the market a little bit. Otherwise, it looks like we're just going to be having profit taking. And we have to keep our eye uh, watching over the shoulder on what's happening in Wall Street outside markets uh, because they're starting to look a little toppy as well. Okay, good enough. Catch up with you next week. Thanks, Bryce. Bryce Noor, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joins us live via Skype to let you know what the market's talking about before they trade. And uh, like we said, tomorrow is the big day, but you can always follow what insights Bryce has on the industry and what's uh, breaking news on uh, their website, farmfutures.com, and of course on social media as well. Changing weather conditions, that's what we're going to be talking about today and tomorrow, I'm sure. If you're headed out, please be careful. We'll be talking with Caitlin Riley, our Alice in Dairyland, tomorrow. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.